Okay, hi everybody, what's up? Mr. Gaines here. Um, ready for episode 7 of Jonathan Livingston Seal. Hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. Uh, we're almost done. We're getting pretty close to the end. We'll finish part 2 today, and then we're just on to part 3. That's it. Alright, I'll go back and read a little bit of what we read Friday, and uh, let's get going. We can start working with time if you wish, Chiang said. Till you can fly, till you can fly past, till you can fly the past and the future, and then you will be ready to begin the most difficult, the most powerful, the most fun of all. You will be ready to begin to fly up and know the meaning of kindness and of love. A month went by, or something that felt about like a month. And Jonathan learned at, treme- at a tremendous rate. He always had learned quickly from ordinary experience. And now, the special student of the elder himself, he took in new ideas like a streamlined feathered computer. But then the day came that Chiang vanished. He had been talking quietly with them all, exhorting them, and never, exhorting them to, never to stop their learning and their practicing and their striving to understand more of the perfect invisible principle of all life. Then, as he spoke, his feathers went brighter and brighter, and at last he turned so brilliant that no gull could look upon him. Jonathan, he said, and these were the last words that he spoke, keep working on love. When they could see again, Chiang was gone. As the days went past, Jonathan found himself thinking time and again of the earth from which he had come. If he had known there just a tenth, just a hundredth of what he knew here, how much more life would have meant. He stood on the sand and fell to wondering if there was a gall back there who might be struggling to break out of his limits, to see the, to see the meaning of flight beyond a way to travel to get a breadcrumb from a rowboat. Perhaps there might even have been one made outcast for speaking his truth in the face of the flock. And the more Jonathan practiced his kindness lessons, and the more he worked to know the nature of love, the more he wanted to go back to earth. For in spite of his lonely past, Jonathan Siegel was born to be an instructor, and his own way of demonstrating love was to give something of the truth that he had seen to a gall who at, to a gall who asked only a chance to see the truth for himself. Sullivan, adept now at the thought speed flight and helping the others to learn, was doubtful. John, you were outcast once. Why do you think that any of the Gauls in your old time would listen to you now? You know the proverb, and it's true. The Gaul sees farthest who flies highest. Those Gauls where you came from are standing on the ground, squawking and fighting among themselves. They're a thousand miles from heaven. And you say you want to show them heaven from where they stand? John, they can't see their own wingtips. Stay here. Help the new Gauls here, the ones who are high enough to see what you have to tell them. He was quiet for a moment, and then he said, What if Chang had gone back to his old world's? 
Where would you have been today? The last point was the telling one, and Sullivan was right. The gull sees farthest who flies highest. Jonathan stayed and worked with the new birds coming in, who were all very bright and quick with their lessons. But the old feeling came back, and he couldn't help but think that there might be one or two gulls back on earth who would be able to learn too. How much more would he have known by now if Chang had come to him on the day that he was outcast? Sully, I must go back, he said at last. Your students are doing well. They can help you bring the newcomers along. Sullivan sighed, but he did not argue. I think I'll miss you, Jonathan, was all he said. Sully, for shame, Jonathan said in reproach. And don't be foolish. We are tr what are we trying to practice every day? If our friendship depends on things like space and time, then when we finally overcome space and time, we've destroyed our own brotherhood. But overcome space, and all we have left is here. Overcome time, and all we have left is now. And in the middle of here and now, don't you think we might see each other once or twice? Sullivan Seagull laughed in spite of himself. You crazy bird, he said kindly. If anybody can show someone on the ground how to see a thousand miles, it will be Jonathan Livingston Seagull. He looked at the sand. Goodbye, John, my friend. Goodbye, Sully. We'll meet again. And with that, Jonathan held his thought in an image of the great gull flocks on the shore of another time, and he knew with practiced ease that he was not bone and feather, but a perfect idea of freedom and flight, limited by nothing at all. Fletcher Lind Seagull was still quite young, but already he knew that no bird had ever been so harshly treated by any flock or with so much injustice. I don't care what they say, he thought fiercely, and his vision blurred as he flew out toward the far cliffs. There's so much more to flying than just flapping around from place to place. A, a mosquito does that. One little barrel roll around the elder gull just for fun, and I'm outcast? Are they blind? Can't they see? Can't they think of the glory that it'll be when they really learn to fly? I don't care what they think. I'll show them what flying is. I'll be pure outlaw if that's the way they want it, and I'll make them so sorry. The voice came inside his own head, and though it was very gentle, it startled him so much that he faltered and stumbled in the air. Don't be harsh on them, Fletcher Seagull. In casting you out, the other gulls have only hurt themselves, and one day they will know this, and one day they will see what you see. Forgive them, and help them to understand. An inch from his right wingtip flew the most brilliant white gull in all the world, gliding effortlessly along, not moving a feather, at what was very nearly Fletcher's top speed. There was a moment of chaos, and the young bird What's going on? Am I mad? Am I dead? What is this? Low and calm, the voice went on within his thought, demanding an answer. Fletcher, Lind, Seagull, do you want to fly? Yes, I want to fly. Fletcher, Lind, Seagull, 
Do you want to fly so much that you will forgive the flock and learn and go back to them one day and work to help them know? There was no lying to this, magnifi- to this magnificent, skillful being, no matter how proud or how hurt a bird was Fletcher Seagull. I do, he said softly. Then Fletch, that bright creature said to him, and the voice was very kind, let's begin with level flight. Thank you.